Find out what happens when a local theater production drives a student to mess around with weight loss pills. When jealousy causes two groups of friends to create competing 90-second radio shows. And when big Hollywood forces kids to stay in high school well into their mid-twenties. All that and more. P.S. Dope is for dopes. Watch bots! Everyone, welcome to WatchBots, the podcast about things. This is three-time, three-time Call of Duty esports champion Ben. I am joined by two-time champion Dave. Yeah, and smiling politely, Shailen. Hello. This past couple of months has brought a great many challenges and a great many joys. I would say the many evenings. <laughs> That I spend playing Call of Duty uh, with Dave, with my brother, among the most lasting joys, most lasting projects I've had, (laughs) which is good. It's been it's been great. I hadn't played Call of Duty for a couple years, and I hadn't talked to you and your brother together for a long time. It's just it's so nice that we can rekindle this relationship between the three of us in a strange relationship. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And for listeners who don't know, the sort of big mode of the moment is the war zone, where it's a battle royale game. So if you've ever heard of of PUBG or Fortnite, it's in that kind of vein where you go in with your crew and we don't have a crew name, but we'll we'll fix that. And you drop into this big ass map and you fight to the death. And that's it. You know, you die once and you're done. You can buy players back in, but it's I'm not somebody who gets excited over many things. You know, I'm pretty pretty even keel. But when you're playing the game and you start with 150 people and you get down to like the last 10 and you're like, oh shit, I could be the sole survivor. Like my heart rate goes up to like 150. I I won a game by myself a few weeks ago. I think it was about 1.30 in the morning. And like the adrenaline of it, I just was like, Yeah. Yeah, and then I like I jogged for three miles, and like I I punched a deer. Like I, it was the most manly I had ever felt. <laughs> Where did you find that deer? They're just in town. But but last night we crewed up and we we killed. Um, so proud. We won of us. two two games. So yeah, it's just an oddly gratifying feeling. <laughs> I I don't know what what was different because usually I suck at that. I was okay when we were killing it, but. I think I discovered the secret, and it was um, polishing off an entire bottle of red wine by myself. <laughs> Is that the secret formula? I think yeah. so, yeah. So hopefully we can play tonight, and I'll crack open another bottle of wine. <laughs> they say alcohol is a depressant, and it maybe it was helping you depress those buttons. <laughs> Hit the sticks. <laughs> a great time. So after you, after we won, did you wake up Shailen immediately, like just shake her awake in bed, be like, Shailen, I just want it! No, I, I logged off the computer and I sort of 
you know, best in the glow. And I thought, I wish I had recorded that for posterity <laughs> because that's, that's what cool guys do is we record our call of duty runs to watch them back, check for tips and tricks, maybe post them on YouTube with a little director's commentary, but I didn't do that. I was going to, but, but both Dave and my brother shamed me. And so our wins were, were not recorded, but they're right there on the scoreboard. You can see this isn't, this isn't like a bit. I could not be prouder. Thank you. Thank you. All those long nights where I wander up into our office at about 8.30 and emerge at 2 in the morning have become worth it. I am now a fully formed man. This is the manliest thing you've ever done, and you've fathered a child. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I I worry that the game will be out of vogue by the time he really understands, because how could he understand the the titan of esports that his father has become. Maybe tonight when you play, you could just wake him up and have him watch you. No. And just scream no, in his face no, about what no. a good job you did. See, that's the problem. No, that's too many distractions. I'm joking. I got to sit in the office. I need my headset on. I need the volume cranked. I need my crew in my, my cans. But you need to listen for directional audio. You can't have, you know, little kids like poking you and being like, what's that building? No, no, can't do it. For the record, I 100% was not advocating for you to wake up our four and a half year old to watch you play a violent video game. That's good because that would be a negligent thing for you to do. Agreed, it would be. I am because we've won in trios. Now we got to win in quads. So let's do this. That's true. We need to get to bring someone else into the mode. Shailen, would you consider playing on the PlayStation while I play on the computer and you can join our crew? Do I have to be good at it? I'm not. No, I'm actually, you know, I, I don't want to underplay it. I'm, I'm okay. I'm really bad at any game where I have to walk places or sure. look at things. I'm much better at side scrollers. What about games where you need to fight for your life as an ever approaching ring of gas comes towards you and you're hurtling across a map with people whose only intent is to just kill you, to gut you? Do you want to see me have a panic attack? Because I feel like that could be the thing that pushes me right over. <laughs> That's true. But what I will say is, for as over-adrenaline as I get, and I, I was drinking cold brew coffee at 12.30 in the morning last night as we were, we were getting into this, playing with a team, I think, lessens that stress somewhat. I would be worried that I was going to upset you guys or do badly, and then you wouldn't win because mm-hmm. of me, and then I would be dead, mm-hmm. like in real life. Mm-hmm. You live as a crew and you die as a crew. That's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, we're like the Fast and Furious of... Damn it, I was going to... The Familia, that's that's our crew name. We're Familia. Of, of Warzone. Double Do family. It. That's my awful Vin Diesel Do it. We're the Toretto's. Chillin', let's hear your let's hear your Vin Diesel. I live my life. Your life. Tenth of a mile at a time. <laughs> is that what it is? I can't remember how long the, the race is. I think it's it was, a quarter mile. And he, quarter yeah, mile. I think, it was I think it's life and not mife. No, it was muff, not mife. <laughs> I have a spot in the inside of my cheek that I bit right through my skin, <laughs> and so I'm having like a really hard time forming words without putting myself into severe pain. Listeners, so, you, you can't suck you it. You can't see it. There's a, an actual <laughs> hole in her cheek. Um, she's she just keeps putting her thumb through it. It's it's pretty nasty. <laughs> Speaking of things that cause a lot of pain, let's get into this week's show. So we're continuing with Maved by the Engel. I looked it back up, so I know what the name is, and. We're in the shit. <laughs> There's really no other way to put it. Boy, howdy. And we, we started with Say by the Bell, and we moved on to California Dreams. We hit the peak with California and Dreams. As it became my 
turned to look, I looked at like this fucking dregs. You know, it's like the bottom of the coffee pot and it's like there's just like stuff swilling in there and it's like, I don't want to do this. And my mind drifted to, oh, couldn't we talk about like the go bots or like visionaries or I just discovered like a Thundercats in the ocean and I thought, oh boy, wouldn't that be great? But no, no. So we're talking about city guys. Still not Engel's worst work. I don't know what's worse. Like, what could be worse at this point? There are unknown shows that I was reading about, and I was I was really dismayed to see that he was associated with them. <laughs> unknown shows? Are they, for, are they filmed in parts unknown? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, no, no. Like, just unknown to me. Oh. But oh. It was... <laughs> they were like, they just like, executive producer, just question mark, question mark, question mark. They're the unsolved no. mysteries of Saturday morning live action TV. Yeah. Dieter Bengel. Yes. <laughs> Peter Bengal, indeed. <laughs> so City Guys is one of the later TNBC shows, and this is their stab at moving the formula into a more urban inner city environment. So the idea is a group of, of course, ethnically diverse kids, kids in quotation six marks. Six of them. <laughs> yeah. Six of them go to high school. There's a radio station involved. There's a hangout involved. But this time... They're not hula in in California. They're skitching in New York City. Manhattan High, baby. East Coast, Beast Coast. Yes. Thanks, Shailen. <laughs> the show <laughs> show's created by Peter Engel. So he's one of the creators. The other listed creator is Scott Spencer Gordon, who, of course, worked on Saved by the Bell. They all did. Together, this group of people produced like 30 seasons of shitty TV. 30 seasons of seven episodes recycled. At least this guy had other credits like Alf and Full House, an an extremely goofy movie he was the screenwriter for. Uh, Another real good depiction of, of urban life. Your kids, right? So you got Jamal, who's still an active actor. You have Chris, who I didn't recognize, and then in doing my research, I realized he's Gunnar Stahl from Mighty Ducks 2. He's the captain of Iceland. Oh. Yeah. Wait, those aren't real people from Iceland? I guess not. And it makes sense because Iceland, despite what the movie would tell you, not really known for its hockey. Hmm. You know what What I did hear, though? Or its German accents. (laughs) I have heard, though, that Iceland, despite its name, very nice. But Greenland, covered in ice. Covered in ice. I don't understand it. <laughs> you have Dawn, who's like the smart girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sucked. You had Cassidy, who's the actress. She also sucked. You had Al Rocket. You had L Train, who in season one of this show is a seventh year senior, former bully. You had Miss Noble, who went on to star in Chunky Soup commercials as Donovan McNabb's mother. Yeah. Holy crap, that's the same person. That's where she's from. Huh. I can't believe Donovan McNabb's mom was in this show. (laughs) More than I think, like, say, by the Bell or California Dreams, these characters feel like they're aging in comic book years. You guys familiar with that? No. Where, so think about Marvel Comics in the 60s, right? You establish characters like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, and then 20 years later, they're still kind of the same age Mm -hmm. okay it was never really established early on in the city guys run where where these people were but the scuttlebutt is either senior year of high school or you know late in their junior year but the show still went five seasons 
like every other Peter Engel show. But I mean, Saved by the Bell followed. Yeah, no, they aged. Saved by the Bell followed freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. By the time we got to this episode, which I think is in season two, I mean, these characters, they look like they're in their mid-20s. They're not believable as high school students. Remarkably, Ca- they're not. I did age checks. What? With the exception of L-Train, whose age I was unable to find on the internet, they're all like 20, 21. Well, L-Train would be the only believable one because as a seventh year senior, right, he would be approximately 25. Now, that's fucked up, though, that I've just said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, so by the end of the run, he would have been... 30 like 30 yeah. <laughs> 30 and grad and i mean there's no shame in getting your ged at 30 it's the God idea that for keeping going like he just yeah like i guess the perseverance to stay in high school for 15 years or whatever <laughs> anyway just loves those hallways weird. you know just... some people fear change okay <laughs> <laughs> like many of these shows you got to teach lessons to kids right so there were tons of special episodes oh my in here God. there's a steroids episode there's a date rape episode. There's racism. There's stalking. There's sexual harassment. There's muggings. Gun violence. Buying guns. Yeah. Gun violence. Gambling. Immigration. And also straight up ripping Saved by the Bell plots, which is the episode we watched here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so five seasons, uh, like 100 episodes or so. Mm-hmm. I was counting. There are six or seven just drugs and drinking episodes so there's a sign it's, of the times man but it's like yeah. more than one a season like that's you don't need that many well what else City are they going to talk tough. about uh, they, they're not going to have to save their prom f- by getting their rich parents to invest in stuff the whole point of the show is like only some of them have very wealthy family like you know what i mean it's just yeah nary a telephone can't rip off in this, in this show no telethons there were no telethons there were, there's weird things going on in the seasons. So the episode that I had pulled here, or that I had wanted to do, was called Funny Business. It's season three, episode 15. And it's about Chris and Jamal getting an internship at an architect, and the architect sexually harassing Chris. Couldn't find it. Not, not online in a way that we could use. I've seen that show. What I did find somehow was season four, episode 15, which is also has business in the title, but that's frisky business. And that's about metal detectors at the school. But that's not fun. So what I did choose was one from season two, which is over the speed limit. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, we'll get into what that means. But the show ran from from 1997 to 2001. And boy, howdy, does it have just that real gritty, bizarre, late 90s feel to it. A time that didn't age well. Yeah. In the same way that when you watch Say by the Bell or California Dreams and you're like, oh, the fashion, like there were cartoons and like every kid looked like this on TV. Mm -hmm. This encapsulates so perfectly like what 1999 looked like for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chris's shoulder length hair parted down the middle, which I'm getting dangerously close to um, (laughs) these current times. Yeah, you look back at Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, and you're like, oh, those, mm-hmm. you know, like, maybe not cool, but like, I remember that style. It was very distinct. It defined that era. And then you get to like the late 90s, and you're like, what the fuck? We're just so boring. And everybody was like, the clothes were so baggy, and like, guy's hair was so awful. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing to appreciate about it. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, unless you're unless we're talking Jinko jeans. I was gonna go down that road. Girls' cargo pants. <laughs> Comfort. Let me let me ask this as Comfort. we as we get into this. This was not a show I watched at all. Shailen, you mentioned you saw the sexual harassment episode. I sure was, did. Was that just like a personal choice for you, or were you a regular watcher of of City Guys? So, in watching this episode, all of these memories came flooding back. This started airing. Just as my parents' marriage was hitting the rocks, oh. which you guys love to hear about. Wait, hold on. But my dad didn't have cable, and it was it aired on Saturday mornings on the non-cable divorced. channel. No. No, sorry. But it's weird because we didn't even, like, we didn't turn on the TV to actively watch City Guys. It just sure. happened to be on Saturday mornings. My dad would be doing projects, and my sister and I would be doing homework, mm-hmm. and it would just be on the TV. And it occurred to me, like, reading episode synopses, like, I've seen a lot of this TV show. How sad for you. And I, I feel like maybe part of it is because of the amount of recycling from Saved by the Bell to this that I'm like, mm-hmm. I probably was just, like, familiar comfort in spite of it being, like, a completely different show. Mm-hmm. Dave, did you watch a lot of City Guys? No. I, no I, we've talked about, like, you know, I've, I was a big fan of Saved by the Bell. I watched The College Years. I hated California Dreams when I was younger. I love it now. But City Guys, I remember seeing and just being like, no, this show is is terrible. It doesn't have the, the je ne sais quoi that Saved by the Bell had. Even The College Years still had that. So I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't watch it, which mm-hmm. is surprising because I – Watched a lot of shit when I was younger. Yeah, but I mean, here's my thing with this. I was a teenager in this time period, not a fully formed man as I am now, as previously discussed. But like, even at this point, I was more interested in things like MacGyver yeah. and yeah. Uh, the A-Team and fucking Renegade than I was in this. Baywatch. Oh, yeah. Mm. We should have done Maywatch, by the way. That would have been damn it. Oh, but, okay. damn it. Another Kelly, uh, Kelly Packard uh, vehicle. Sure enough. And the other guy, Michael Caine. The Kane. other guy. So let's let's get into this. Oh, Sly. Yeah. 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 Episode directed by Frank Bonner, who directed every single one of City Guy's episodes. So he has a real feel for the characters. Bit of a renaissance man, though. He's also an actor. He played Herb Tarlick in WKRP in Cincinnati. Also played Father Robert Hargis in Just the Ten of Us, Mr. Harrington in Saved by the Bell, The New Class, and all kinds of different cameo appearances and shows. Hmm. So Herb Tarlick himself. Now, the writers, this is interesting. A show about teens in the late 90s living in New York, dealing with all that stuff. Who better to call on than a man who wrote for shows like Silver Spoons Carol Burnett and the Smothers Brothers, industry veteran Robert Illis, <laughs> partnering with him, uh, Alunga Adele, who tons of credits, wrote on things like Sanford and Sons, which I, I guess, nope, that's not contemporary either. So when you need to write characters who sound like they're trying to do bad Shakespeare because they all speak in rhyming couplets, they all sound like robots, you got to get Bob Illis in there. <laughs> Smothers Brothers, City Guys, same kind of thing. So much about this TV show makes so much more sense. Yeah. Because it really felt like here is what old people think the teens are doing right yeah. now. Right? Like <laughs> right. The, exactly. And like obviously teenagers are very, very stupid, right. much like five year olds. And that's why it was so unappealing, I feel like, for us 
thinking of ourselves in 1998, 1999, like this was, it was too young for us, but also much too old humor wise. It I mean, doesn't this, make sense. We'll, we'll get into it. This is exactly how I talked in 1998. <laughs> yeah, like When someone went to do a report, I said, oh man, that shit was a report. Like just. <laughs> no, here's anyway. a yeah. cool retort. <laughs> Episode aired November 14th, 1998. The real halcyon days as we'll, as we'll hear here. What was going on then? Good question. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. I did not realize how kick-ass 1998 was pop culture-wise. What's going on? Top movies that week. Number one, The Waterboy. One of the pillars (laughs) of Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) Number two, I still know what you did last summer. So one of the most ill-advised sequels, but the the best twist, because the villain's name was Benson, like it was like Chris Benson or something, and the killer from the first one was Ben. Ben. So the big son. reveal was Ben's ben son. son. I loved it. Holy I hell. loved it. I think I saw that in the theaters and um, was just dying laughing when they revealed that. <laughs> oh, man, that movie sucked. It's an interesting comparison when you put it beside City Guys because there was a movie where they actually had some concept of what teenagers did and talked like. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a perfect understanding, but significantly better. Was that the, the guy that did uh, Dawson's Creek? Or did he write... Kevin Williamson? Yeah, yeah. I think he was involved. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds okay. right. Number three, Meet Joe Black, which as a movie, not terribly memorable, but as a scene where Brad Pitt gets mowed down by a car, very memorable. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Weird movie. 1998 was also the year of both the Tamagotchi being big in America and the Furby. Do you guys have Tamagotchis? Neopets, any of, any of them? I didn't have my own. My best friend had an alien Tamagotchi. And she had to go somewhere for some reason. And I had it for the weekend. And she was on like a 97-day streak. And my sister was like, what if you do this thing? And I accidentally killed it Mm -hmm. after 97 days of her keeping it alive. And I hold that guilt with me still, (laughs) if you can't tell. My cousin lived out of state. And so he was visiting, uh, staying with my grandparents. And so we would hang out a lot. And he was just, he wouldn't let go of this fucking Tamagotchi thing. And so I just would um, purposely kill his his creature. (laughs) I was like, dude, let's go play. (laughs) We're still good friends. Hashtag believable. I didn't, like I had a Tamagotchi, but I didn't really like it. I think I just get bored with things like that too easily. It's the same reason I can't play a game like The Sims because I just get, like instead of keeping your things alive, I get more obsessed with killing them. So with a Tamagotchi, (laughs) you couldn't even kill it interestingly. At least with The Sims, like you can, you know, put them in a corner and set their house on fire or make them piss themselves as they starve to death. You couldn't do that with a Tamagotchi. I could like barely do what my parents asked me to do, like mow the lawn or take out the trash or whatever. Like, I don't want this toy that is just essentially taking care of something. I don't need another chore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was much more of like a, if I'm spending all this time caring for a thing, I would like it to be a thing that can like show some kind of care back, like a dog or a cat, where it's like, I'm going to spend time with you, and or you're fulfilled potato. by it. <laughs> also, an amazing year in video games. So just a few of the, the top hits that year. 
Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, yes. Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, the original StarCraft, and Banjo-Kazooie all in one year. Just amazing stuff. No wonder I spent so much fucking time playing video games. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. 14-year-old <laughs> me was, uh, was in heaven. What's interesting, though, is that not one of those games made me the 100% man I am now. That's all Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I can't, I can't hear you through all the testosterone that's, that's coming through the, <laughs> the mic here. It's just coursing through. Yeah. Let's get into City, guys. So the song, uh, I'm going to do everybody's favorite. I'm going to read a paragraph from Wikipedia. The theme song for City, guys, was written by Joey Schwartz, Eric Swordloff, and Michael Muda Ali Muhammad, and composed by Joey Schwartz, who also composed the incidental music used to denote scene changes and breaks in the program. The rap and R&B-infused theme included a chorus, C-I-T-Y, you can see why, these guys, the neat guys, smart and streetwise, which, repeating twice consecutively during the beginning, middle, and near the end of the song. And I thought, that is the most useless piece of information I've read in my life. (laughs) It's very literal. (laughs) The second sentence isn't really a sentence, but I feel like it encompasses the song in a lot of ways. So we've talked around it. You know the context. Let's listen to this fucking song. C-I-T-Y, you can see why these guys, the neat guys, more and streetwise. C-I-T-Y, you can see why these guys, the neat guys, more and streetwise. City guys, pull those looks in street clothes. It's all good coming from city people. They're all the same. Open up your eyes. Roll with the city guys. It goes on like that for 30 more seconds. <laughs> so as opposed to California Dreams, where it took a few minutes for me to be like, I think I'm done with this. I was ready to be finished with City Guys at about this point in the song, where it was like, these people are all old. This song is horrible. They were, I mean, they were neat guys, and so I guess it's accurate. They were, they were smart and streetwise, too. Yeah. Good God, this intro sucks. Oh, awful. I think what, what killed it for me is, like, you get this, like, shitty hip-hop song, and then it says created by Peter Engel, and it's like, oh, oh, man. Like, he's, like, it's just, like, yeah. it's this old, yeah. older white yeah. guy just being like, you know what? I think I know what city kids like. Yeah, yeah, this is what they sound like. This is what so in the in the like it's just <laughs> the song and that credit is a microcosm of what this whole what's wrong with this whole series. In, in some ways it feels like I mean the microcosm of a lot of the the songs that we talk about where it's like, oh, we have 15 seconds of a song, got to fill a minute. <laughs> and they just play it. Oh my god. C I T wise. There you are, neat guy, smart and street wise. And it's just them clearly not in new york they've got sleek with thoughts. weird stock footage oh man it well, just oh and it i mean i don't want to go too deeply into this or investigate it deeply because i just don't want to right now but there's also something icky about knowing that like california cool dude old white guy is like i'm gonna i'm gonna investigate like yeah the city. Yeah, that, that's what I'm I, saying. I know what's going on. Yeah, like it, it just feels extra icky and like yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I think appropriation to a certain point, I think. It's, like it's it's a very surface level look at all of that stuff. It's and it reinforces all kinds of stereotypes that are not necessarily true. It's just it there's ickiness there. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, okay, now now you're taking us down this bizarre road. So now we have to address this. We are three suburban white folks in our 30s. Yeah. And so are not well placed to speak on, you know, the urban condition or anything. So th- so thank you for putting us down this road, Jalen, that I, I was very happy to well, not address. No, but I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, there's something wrong here. It's fishy, right? It's inauthentic. Right. I mean, and then we can move kid, on from These yeah, kids are it, suffering. <laughs> inauthentic, I think, is yeah. is the good way to wrap this up. Peter yeah. Engel, go back to California. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So... We get open up in Miss Noble's class. Miss Noble is so she is the principal in later seasons. I'm not sure that she is here. She's at the very least a teacher. She's very much the Mr. Belding. And I don't know what kind of class she teaches. It seems like it's a history class to start with, but then later on they're talking about other subjects. It doesn't matter. Yeah. She, Surface level. She just keeps giving them soup. It was really odd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, teachers teach. It doesn't matter what Te- they're teaching. Teachers teach. Life teachers lessons. Gotta teach. Hash- Hashtag teachers teach. And so the show starts off with L train and Al rocket doing a report on George Washington. And like so many things in this episode, it's delivered in shitty rap. Oh, really? Lionel. Yeah. Watch this. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just like George Washington. We cannot tell a lie. He whipped the red coat and he made him say bye-bye. Jimmy saying, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. He sent the Brits back. To the White Cliffs of Dover. I uh, believe uh, that's all, folks. Our report's over. <laughs> Do you think that when Bob Ellis was writing on the Smothers Brothers, that he thought, you know, I can rhyme George Washington and, and Dover? It gets even better than that. He channeled Porky Pig. Right. He ended it <laughs> yeah. by channeling Porky Pig. <laughs> Porky Pig wasn't relevant. There was no new Looney Tunes episodes for like two decades. He just recycled a Smothers Brothers bit that he wrote, and they were like, "No, we can't use this." And then forty years <laughs> this later, was for laughing. Yeah. Forty years later, yeah. he uh, he got it out. When do you think that the Smothers Brothers aired? I would say in Dave's world, they aired in nineteen fifty-eight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing existed Get your before. fucking facts straight. Friend. Nothing existed before 19, 1984 for me. I, I see Dave pinned to the wall, wriggling under the glare of my fact checking. It doesn't matter. I feel like it was a long run. My dad saw them in concert like two years ago. Right. Well, that was 2018. So that is also not 1958. No, but I feel like they were around. I don't in want the to talk 60s. about the Smothers Brothers. You anymore. asked the question, Ben. Uh, it's worse that you went the other direction, Chalen. I went farther yeah. back and you went farther <laughs> forward. We're, we've got an Avengers Endgame scenario going on here. Listeners, we want to know, hit us up, hashtag Smothers Brothers Long Run. Now, immediately after that report, we see a bit of the burgeoning rivalry, right? Because on one side, you got L-Train and you got Al Rocket. On the other side, you got Chris and Jamal. So Jamal's not impressed with that rap. Neither is Chris. They got to let it be known. Yo, yo, that rap was pretty jiggy and just a little fresh, but if I was Miss Noble, I would give y'all an F. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jamal, you fat and all that. So both Chris and Jamal respond in rhyming form, and Chris says that Jamal's fat and all that, and oh, guys, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this show. <laughs> Gets a jiggy in there. Yeah, but we continue. Sure right? do. Let's Be- press on. Because... We had that interruption, and then immediately after that, adjacent to nothing that they were talking about, Don just stands up and makes an announcement. This Friday. 
marks Cassidy's debut in an off-Broadway off play, and her acting career is on its way. And it's just like, why did she just get up in the middle of the class to announce that Cassidy was in this play? What is this class? Miss Noble's a bad, she's a bad mentor. Isn't it the end of class? Wasn't I, she reminding them of an assignment that was due and dismissing them when they started rapping? I don't know. I mean, the flow of this class is very strange to me. I'm no teacher, and it makes me think we should have had a real full-fledged teacher on to talk, you know, uh, fucking, to address this for to, us to stump on teaching but whatever what can we do we'll uh we'll call one up we'll piece them together in post and uh, we'll, we'll be really smooth yeah so miss noble pulls, pulls cassidy aside and she's like you got to manage your time and it was here that i noted cassidy is supposed to be in high school she looks honestly like she's like 35 and maybe yeah. it's just method you know as we find out later she's <laughs> she's on drugs but she was living rough i mean you age a little faster when you're living in the city ben yeah that's what we learned the advice that the teacher gives cassidy here you got to manage your time better oh yeah oh is that it (laughs) thanks asshole (laughs) in the next two days yeah do you have any tips for me any uh any techniques that you would use no just manage your time better oh okay it's like going up to you know against a pitcher and your coach just says remember hit the ball (laughs) <laughs> oh oh is that all i have to do fuck you oh that's the worst piece of advice it becomes even more stark i had a realization much much later in the episode during the play but it, i think this is a good spot to bring it up when shit goes bad and spoiler shit goes bad later miss noble's the one who's talking to the doctor and like she's gonna get her shit in order and it's like does cassidy not have parents and <laughs> so when you think about miss noble acting not just as teacher here, but also like in this weird, you know, half parental role, her advice is even worse. She's like the worst in like the top five worst social workers of all time. Well, she's not a social worker though. No, but she's in the role and still so bad at it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. So let's go to this radio station. I I don't understand this radio station. It's on the roof. It's on the roof. They they do it in front of open windows and the kids gather around outside and like they're listening on the roof. And I think the setup of the radio station, because this is important, is the hosts of whatever show all do approximately two minute long shows where they leave to thunderous applause and this all takes place during the school day. Yes. Am I reading that wrong? I think that they are supposed to be playing music when they leave the room every time, but so they don't make that clear. They just, do they leave and they go back? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. That's what? if memory serves from watching this TV show 20 years ago. And it's, oh boy, it's just the setup of this radio station. It's so weird. There Almost so- like a person who has not worked in radio yeah. created it. <laughs> or lived in a city. It, <laughs> it's like... They, there were three or four scenes reason. in this radio station, and they're all set up like this. Like they do, like some bad humor. They do a little record scratching. They hit a button, and then they just leave two rounds of applause every single time. Yeah, this, like, what this school? What is this world? In these crazy fucking idiotic sycophants that just just grovel <laughs> at these DJs uh, like shitty talent. Oh, it, it sucks! It sucks so bad. You star fuckers! You sheeple! It reminded me. <laughs> Get a brain. That's what I say. You're all ants. 
it made me think of like you're my big fat American wallet. You're all ants. <laughs> A reference nobody will understand. I feel like the people who wrote the show saw an episode of the Today Show where the crowd is like outside the window and waving yeah. during the the show, and they're like, "Oh, that's in the city." We should do that at the radio station in our show on the city. Yeah, in in this imagined world, like the principal lets all the kids up on the roof of the school. It's, yeah. Uh, well, because the uh, the budget's tight, you know, you got to go vertical instead of horizontal. You can't spread out. But as we said, the writer being a guy who wrote for, for Carol Burnett, it, it makes a lot of things fall into place, such as this scene. So Jamal and Chris are DJs. And you guys will all remember the Johnny Carson bit. What was it? Karnak? Yeah. And he did like the envelope bit. Chris has on a turban and he's doing, well, let, let's just listen to what he's doing. Chris, please focus all your wisdom to answer another question that has puzzled the universe for thousands of years. Please to hurry. Chris is magnificent. Cool. And they do a joke that is so horrific. You guys know that I like bad humor. This joke is so horrific and it's such a 1970s joke. I didn't pull it. It's about Eskimos and a kayak. It sucked. It fucking sucked. It was bad. What I liked about this no. is, is the perfect <laughs> no. illustration that like some racism in America, A-OK for teenagers. <laughs> the rest of <laughs> Like, what the fuck? How is this okay? What I liked about this was the car wreck that it was. Yes, that is the the correct response, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, boy. So they do like this bad joke. And again, they're in 1998 playing to teenagers, and the kids love it. They they do a little record scratching, literally. They leave the studio, and the kids are like, fuck yeah, Jamal and Chris, you're killing it. Oh, man. I love coming to school. You killed that show. 1140 to 1142 are the best two minutes of the day. And not everyone's impressed, though. Because L Train and Al Rocket are standing there and they're like, you know what? It's on like Donkey Kong, motherfuckers. Uh, no offense, man, but you're losing it. Oh, that's not true, Train. Losing it says they had it in the first place. Right. Ooh, ouch, that hurt. What do you two clowns think you can do any better? Yeah, give up the mic and we'll show you how it's done. So is it on? Oh, it's on to the break of dawn, it's on. They go on doing this challenge for another like 35 seconds. So I saved you guys a little bit of time here. Because cool kids riff and rhyme. Just riff and rhyme. Oh, man. Um, so contemporary. So hip. Is that not how you guys talked in high school? That's that's how I did. I had to break that's the habit. No one when liked I got you in high school. Yeah. Well, no, one, no one likes me still. So I don't really recall talking in high school very much. <laughs> and I'm sure it was like. I like the Grateful Dead, guys. You, you sounded like Shailen in high school. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But look at me now. Three time esports champion, guys. Three times. <laughs> Just saying. If anybody wants to sponsor me, Monster Energy Drink, I'm a fan of your product. I will sit on the internet and muddle about in Call of Duty and I will talk up Monster Energy Drink. But that has nothing to do with City, guys. That's that's me. You know, I'm using the platform for ill gains. I apologize. Let's go to play rehearsal. The play is Cassidy. And I don't actually know what the play was about, but she's acting with, it's like the casting director said, we need Zach Morris with an H. Like this guy, <laughs> he's got bleach blonde hair. 
He's wearing Zach's gear, but his hair's like it's parted a little different. He doesn't really look like Zach. We need Zach Morris if he were played by Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. Also, are you going to talk about the set here? The the set of the play? Talk about it, yeah. It is creepy as fuck like it just like they they show the set and it's like is this a porn like is this a casting couch thing like yeah is this the very special episode that they're gonna go down like don't act in porn kids first of all a lot of porn is shot in hotel rooms and studio apartments and also uh, production facilities not in a theater in front of three cardboard walls but but i guess it's not impossible to dave's <laughs> point the initial scene that they show right you can't tell it's a theater at first because right. it's like shot at a weird angle right, right. Yeah, so right. it really looks like she's coming into a room through a very flimsy door walls that don't have tops and just a dude on a couch well, okay okay these are fair points but what distinguishes a potential pornography film from the theater is the level of acting uh, ed begley also ed begley and who's wearing pants it looks like your lipstick was smudged by another I don't know what connection you guys are trying to make here, but <laughs> this is community theater. 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 It is high quality. It sure is. And would porn have a director, like the director of this play? This lady is all business. Chris comes in because he's going to meet up with Cassidy to do the report. And, well, this actually may be my favorite line of the whole episode. Uh, excuse me, are you delivering pizza or something? Uh, Shailen, are you delivering pizza or something? Negative. Don't touch my stuff. I wanted a nice band. Um, this director is... is <laughs> so, <laughs> the actors in this play... Mr. Farrell? <laughs> that's right. You're back. The actors in this play... He's trying to find a band still. Yeah, now, now I'm a casting director. It, it's been get six on, years. Get on that couch. What will you do for the role? Six long years. <laughs> I saw a boy once. He got on one knee and proposed. But he was a bad boy, and I wanted a nice boy. <laughs> That's the Mr. Farrell way. For those of you who missed last week's episode, please go back and listen to it so any of this will make some sense to you. That's right. Check the archives. Uh, WatchBotsPod.com or wherever you get your fine podcasts. So... The actors in this play appear to all be of teenage age, or they're supposed to be. But this director's like, tell your mama to tape the X-Files, get your fucking caffeine pills, because nobody leaves. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not an actor. You know, I've been on stage a few times. I've I've cut a rug, but I mean, I, I don't know. Is this is this how it goes? I mean, it's an off-off-Broadway show. Oh, that's right. And they're in New York. Okay, yeah. So it does actually make sense contextually. Although I do agree with you that it seems foolish. Sorry. Yeah. I thought, I thought we were segueing in there. No? I wasn't. Oh, okay. I was just saying off, off Broadway. Sean, can I ask you a question? Are you delivering pizza or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, got a hot pepperoni right here for you. It's me, Mr. Farrell. <laughs> Sleazy, sleazy band manager. The director also keeps calling people like sugar cakes and stuff. And I, I found yeah. myself wondering, was that a Bob Illis line or was she just, she's just rolling with it and calling people sugar cakes. I don't care. I both loved it and hated it for the same reasons. So 
I was like, I'm willing to suspend okay. my disbelief here. Okay. And it's shitty and horrible and also very funny for how bad it is. And the fact that the director was like, yeah, fucking leave that in. An amazing character, an amazing performance. What about the play itself? What is this play about? Right. Yeah, we get a little more of it later. Uh, you know, we only see this one scene, I think, of an unfaithful lover, uh, a lover's quarrel, perhaps. I'm, I'm not sure. But he's also a vampire. That's right. He's He is a vampire. Yeah. And the name of, I forget the name of the show. It is Venus and Scorpio. <laughs> so it could be Venus de Milo and a 90s professional wrestler, Too Cold Scorpio. Or a Simpsons character, Hank Scorpio. It could be. Yeah. Who knows? I was just very confused by this play. Like, it, so like they're playing it straight and then he's a vampire. Like I thought it was going to be a comedy, but yeah, I have no idea like what, what this play would have been about. It's a rich, rich tapestry. I want to see it though. Sure. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll get back to when they go to the real performance of the show, but I quite literally wrote in my notes over and over. I want to see this show. This is what I want to watch. I don't want to watch this. The Manhattan players. I'm looking at Shailen's notes and they get increasingly more frantic and harried. Uh, in the end, it looks like it's written in blood. So, Cut my finger. Don't, don't, I guess don't question commitment. So Chris is there to meet up with Cassidy, right? And Cassidy's like, well, well what are we going to do? And then they start to talk about perils. Perils of theater, perils of teenage life. Before they start talking, though, Chris goes in to like shake Cassidy's hand. And he's like, hey, Cassidy, good to see you. And she does this bizarre double hand clasp on him. Peter Engel shows weird greetings, but I see it didn't didn't touch you two the same way. It's fine. Let's listen to them. <laughs> let's listen to them talk. Be serious. I can't just take time off. All I need is a little energy boost. Wait away. Come on, Cassidy. You're on a diet. You're practically invisible. And the visible part is the. The bomb is what he says because he he notices she's on drugs and then hits on her. And no, this is not the potential date rape episode either. Um, hey, you're vulnerable. So, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> it's at this point that it becomes very clear this is the Jesse Spano episode. Yes, uh, it is. That we didn't do for Say by the Bell. We're we're doing it here because Cassidy is under pressure and she's taken these caffeine pills. They're called Wait Away, and that is is where where we cut to commercial. I loved the audience reaction here. Like, yeah, like lo- low murmur. Oh my god! Ooh. Every time, like, every time they show the pills, there's like this concerned parent in this the live studio audience just going, "Oh, oh my god! I can't oh, I didn't see those pills." Oh. <laughs> it's oh. it's almost like they think people are watching them, so they're like, "Oh, we better react the right way yeah. to this terrible idea." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we go to commercial. We're a little unsettled now. Uh, I was nervous. But we come back to something a little lighter. The L Train and Al Rocket show. They're in the same radio station that Jamal and Chris were in. I think presumably they are taking some of Jamal and Chris's airtime. Yeah. Let's just listen to this. I, I can't even ensure this properly. Yo, we've been busting and rhyming on the train and Al show. Everybody been digging it. Yeah. So say yo. Yo. Hey, yo. Yo. Short dude, we got the plan. We're hooking up with the honeys and being a lover man. Oh, caller, caller, you on the box. Now, how can we help you corner that fox? Uh, that was 35 seconds of the, the L train and L rocket show. It goes on for like two minutes, and like they're taking calls and they're rapping with the audience. It just, it was so laborious and it felt so phony. 
Yep. Phony is the right word. For sure. I disagree. I thought they brought a a lot of great energy to the scene. (laughs) It's very real. Well, so it felt like there were two actors with Mm -hmm. a lot of energy doing a thing on a screen. It did not feel like two high school students with a radio show. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. You know, what I did enjoy, though, is they're talking to Dawn, who I imagine, I think she's like the program manager or something for the radio station. She seems to have some authority. But Al Rocket calls her Sweet Lady Dawn. But because it's like a VHS rip from 1998, we're watching it sounded like she said, he said, Sweet Lady Dong. (laughs) And I enjoyed that very much. So Dawn's got her secrets. It's uh, discussed in another episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was also attached to the crying game sweet lady dong hashtag sweet lady dong (laughs) there we go so chris and jamal are in i don't know what the name of this diner is it's not the max uh since they're in new york we'll call it the neax and jamal's sharkies sharkies okay narkies or like brooklyn sharkies it's just called new york slice it's called gabagools (laughs) (laughs) Manhattan pizza. Yeah. So they're hanging out and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? We got to retool our show. Hey, I got an idea for the show. What do you say we give advice about hooking up with girls at Manhattan? Oh, yeah. We can call it Babes in the Hood. First of all, that joke's bad. Second of all, wasn't their show already kind of about that? Like taking calls and. I think it was different kinds of calls. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was not about dating advice. About hooking up with girls. Yeah, It was not about hooking up with girls mm-hmm. initially. Hearing them talk about it, I'm glad, Ben, that you and I went in this direction with our podcast. Uh, just sure. a little creepy vibe coming from them. Yeah. A I mean, little? We, I mean, we give out a creepy vibe, too, but it's different. It's a different creepy vibe. <laughs> it's because I, I just wanted to make a nice podcast, Shailen, where we can sometimes talk in baby voices. <laughs> Smiling politely. Smiling politely. Three-time champ, folks. That sleazy manager. (laughs) So Cassidy shows up, and she's coked up out of her gourd here, right? And she's like, I wrote a lot of- Yes, I'm sorry. She's waded away up out of her gourd, and she looks wild. She's moving with this energy, and she talks about she's written a lot of pages, but that's not all she talks about. Wow, I was worried. Today you were uh, really dragging, but now you're the princess of Peppy Land. I know. Those wait away pills are like an actor's best friend. Otherwise, woo, I'd be a wreck. Sweet Lady Dong. Princess of Peppy. She might be erect. I heard it. So Straight up. She's laying down. She's six feet tall. Six yeah. inches tall. <laughs> Damn it. I messed up the joke. Fuck. Hold on. Try it again. She's laying down. And she's six inches tall. There you go. There we go. That table's rising off the ground. That's right. Hey, oh. Shailen? Gross. It's like the Princess of Peppy is pitching a pants tent. <laughs> so Chris is like, wow, you're you're taking a lot of those pills. You seem pretty awake. How do you sleep? Snoozies. Excuse me? Snoozies. What does Shailen do sometimes in the middle of the episode? Snoozies. Hey, that's without medicine. I just do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's taken these weight loss pills to get up, and she's taken snoozies to get back down. And again, the audience murmurs slightly. Oh my, oh my. Because you gotta get up, get down. 
gotta get up, get down. Dude, you're sitting at a at a table at a wedding with like the bride's like great aunt, and she doesn't like <laughs> how they decorated, or like instead of a cake, they went with a donut wall, and she goes, "Oh my god, I can't believe they go with a cake." That's what this. I can't believe she wore white. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> she's she can see right through the midsection there. That's terrible. Oh she's on weight mm-hmm. pills too. Oh, it's very. Can you believe very these centerpieces? Oh, it's, it's like a edible arrangements. Oh, and she's on snoozies too. Snoozies. 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 Oh, oh, I can't believe that. Oh. So we go back to one of the the four sets the show has, the classroom, and they're in class. They're hanging out, and Cassidy shows up late, and now she looks like shit. Right? She looks like she's been hanging out with Mister Farrell for too long. Oh. <laughs> she's having a rough day, and Jamal, of course, got a quip. Hey, she looked so from the floor. It was at this exact point. I'm going to read verbatim from my notes who thought this show was a good idea like they're not acting like people at all like who was the audience for this show i just nothing that anybody does at any point feels remotely like something a real person would do and i think there's something to be said for you know watching people act strangely in different situations but in a show that's supposed to be grounded in reality i was just like i can't chew on anything here everything was bugging me I think we're we're gonna go back to the way I started, inauthentic. I, I don't want to get into the problematic. No, territory I'm not again. talking about the problematic part. I'm just saying it's <laughs> it feels fake. We're trying here, the trying game. <laughs> it's not just that there's not like something to get your tooth into. It's that there's nothing to it. There's nothing happening that feels like reality. But also, there's not a cool sci-fi plot that's not reality either. Mm-hmm. Just bugged me. This would yeah, be better if it were if they all turn into robots at the end. Oh, Agreed. see, that would be okay. I yeah. would I would dig that. Yeah. Or you find out they've been being like some, body snatched one at a time. Yeah, some kind of big reveal, but you don't get that. I mean, there's a reveal. I mean, I mean, there is a reveal, and we do end in an amazing fashion. But and it happens on the casting couch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have. Nice oh band. my! I can't believe they went on that couch. Mm. So she's she shows up at the end of class. Light. She's <laughs> tore up from the floor up. Class ends. Miss Noble gonna lay down the law. Now I'm afraid you've made your choices, and you're just gonna have to accept them. Okay. Fine. The music cues are really funny too. I, I forgot to grab one here, but all of the incidental music, it's like it's like, and then when something sad's happening, it's like. Slowed down with a porno bass riff in there. Yeah. <laughs> what is like a sad family safe hip hop beep sound like? Kind of like ludicrous. So somebody order a somebody order a pizza. <laughs> delivering a pizza. So we go back to the radio station. <laughs> and, Transition. Chris and Jamal are doing their show again, and they're like, oh, man, everybody likes Al's and L-Train's show, right? But then Jamal has a soundboard, which I, I do respect. But the clip that he plays, I don't know where he got it. Hold on. Let's let's listen. No! Don't let them DJ again! <laughs> I heard you two on the speaker. That was so funny. So what's up? What's up? What's up? Well, you are Cassidy way up. Yo, yo, Manny, how? We got Cassidy Giuliani in the house. So that clip is supposed to be somebody reacting to the Al train and, and 
I'm sorry, Al Rocket and L Train show. And it's like, who, who gave them that clip? And how did he load it in there? I was just under the impression he found like a random person making that noise. But, but when would he have done that to Unimportant. say something so specifically? <laughs> like, why is that the fact I fixate on? But it is. Well, well the shows are only two minutes long. So they have like <laughs> 23 true. hours and 58 minutes in the rest of the day to get those clips. Oh, I just had an epiphany. What? By being too. It, this is like the precursor to Queeby. Like these little short form shows. Huh? Holy oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Probably a bigger success than Queeby as well. Hard to say. Who creates a streaming service that you can only use on your phone? Like you can't broad. I mean, they're changing it now because it's a colossal fucking failure. <laughs> but you're expected to pay for these shows that you can only watch on your phone. Like that every person in the world saw this as a failure beforehand. And that Katzenberg ran with it anyway is media is fucked. It's a bridge too far. People still watch TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We love TV. Hashtag we love TV. It's true. Hashtag three time champ. So Jamal also deals with Cassidy just like wandering into the studio and like this guy doesn't miss a beat. I don't know if in the fiction of the show he goes on to be a pro, but I was impressed at his, his ability to stay on his feet here. So Cassidy jumps in Chris's lap and she's just like she's screaming and she's rapping and it's wild. And then they leave the studio where they get yet another round of applause. And this is where things fall apart, right? Because Cassidy drops her bag and the pills fall out. And I mean, this is dun, dun, dun. this is emotional. Man, that fast talking routine is going to be hard to top. Well, I wasn't talking fast. What are you talking about? I always talk like this. Slow <laughs> down, girl. It's like a chill pill. So, oh, no. <laughs> I can't believe she drank two mimosas at the baby shower. No, she brought terrible. a yellow rose and not a white rose. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. She's not even talking that fast. No, but she does sound like she's speaking in nonsense because they decided to not write any lines for her. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some lazy writing in this scene. Um, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? And <laughs> so the, ki- the kids are all there and they stage an immediate intervention, which is to their credit. No wonder you're so perky. This stuff, these pills would make coffee nervous. Hey, you better slow your roll, girl. I think she has a plan for slowing the roll. Snoozies. Oh, look, oh. it's not like I got them from a drug dealer. I mean, anyone can get these over the counter. They're natural. They're safe. Cassidy, fire's natural, but it still can burn your biscuits. The most sensible line in this whole episode yeah, yeah. is remarkably... Fire is natural, but it still can burn your biscuits. <laughs> also, and this this is maybe not the best light to shine on myself. When Don said those pills would make coffee nervous, I thought, hmm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what the, how much caffeine is in those pills. Let's not go down that road. I'd like to be a four-time champ. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> Cassidy says, okay, take the pills. I don't want them. And then I watched not the whole scene because I'm not that much of a glutton for punishment. I cycled through this whole section a few times. Cassidy walks over to a jacket where she gets some more pills out and she starts popping them. And I was like, wait a minute. Where where did that jacket come from? Because she wasn't wearing it when she went to the radio station. She wasn't wearing it at any point. And I thought, oh, well, maybe she gave the pills to Jamal and he put them on the trash barrel and then she went there. But no, Jamal took the pills with him. Yeah. So in the laziest writing I've seen on one of these shows in a while, I'm calling you out, Ellis. 
She goes over to this red jacket that she was not wearing, just pulls pills out of the pocket, was not with her bag, and she just pops more pills. The, the jacket's on top of a garbage bin, too. Like, <laughs> Point of clarification, it was the continuity director's job to make sure that made sense. It was not the Bad, job of the writer. Badly written. But I do have some good news for you guys. Thank God. Come on, Joe. <laughs> what do you, you do? The serious music sounded like um like a yeah, the beginning of a red shoe diaries sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> Good goodness gracious. It's like those billowy curtains and like you know the afternoon sun setting through the windows. Oh, and there's there's a, a naked woman just laying down on her bed. Yeah, this is just just weird wild stuff. Yeah, because we we cut to her bed and she's tossing and turning. And she has like this inner monologue bit where she's like, it's 3.30 in the morning. I got to get up for school. And I thought, you know what? Get in the war zone. Get a couple wins. And then you, you may be awake at 3.30, but you're reveling. That's right. That's her, what I thought. her room was the creepiest, by the way. Yeah. It's just a shot of her bed. And it has like the you know it's nighttime filter on, whatever. So it's like kind of gray. But there's mm-hmm. no decoration. And it's just really close on the bed. So they don't have to show that they don't aren't in a bedroom set. Yeah. <laughs> really and there's bad. just like there's splotches of blood on the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not what I was expecting. What's weird, too. And I, I guess I can praise them for continuity in her inner monologue. She's just kind of vaguely rapping to herself. That is true. I got to get up and go to school. But these pills make me feel cool. I thought that the way they set the room up was supposed to be some sort of like commentary on like mm-hmm. isolation and loneliness and she's taken off more than she can chew and when the person that she reached out to for help denied her. Sure. But then I realized what the rest of the show was and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm giving them way more credit than they deserve. <laughs> I don't think the director here is thinking about the mise en scène. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've bitten off more than I can chew. So maybe I should pop another snoo. See. <laughs> That's right. So we got back to the fucking radio station and Al and L trainer in there and the, uh, they're on the air and somebody tried to trick them with a note and then they start arguing about sandwiches. Hey man, you just ate my sandwich. <laughs> oh, that was yours. Well, who do you think left it here? The sandwich fairy. <laughs> the like that. dream sandwich fairy more like. Oh, I wish. Sheila, what's your hashtag dreams? <laughs> no, we're not doing this. So, fuck. They just argue, and then like they're hanging out, and their show is falling apart, but somehow this is the last straw. Hey, yo, Carla, Carla, what's up? This is Al the Rapper, Smooth Endeavor. No, it's Al the Fool, because he ain't cool. <laughs> hey, man, that's it. I can't work with this chump. I'm out. I'm not a fool who's not cool. I'm a dapper rapper. It's too far. I think that that is what triggered the the tupac thing as well a similar kind of insult you think so yeah yeah Mm. yeah r.i.p he's not dead one of my uh, (laughs) more favorite Chappelle show bits um they're rhyming at each other the show's falling apart they continue to insult each other like all teenagers would see you later tiny tater after a while chocolate child god damn so these kids are seniors. So what, 17, 18, and it's like, I'm rubber and you're glue. What bounces off of me sticks to you, but you're a gator and I eat potatoes. And it's like, fucking just end me. This was brutal. This went on for five years. 
when Dickie Smothers wrote that line in 1961, it was a real hit. Oh, it shows the 60s, Jalen. Oh, hi, I'm back. I'm the host of the podcast, and I'm a fact checker. Oh. <laughs> no, you were right. It was 1958. No, okay. They were active in 1958. They weren't on TV in 1958. All right, fine. We want to play. You want to play at this? Smothers Brothers. Mm-hmm. Not funny show. Mm-hmm. Smothers Brothers show. And I know this. It was nineteen. It was the fifties because Shailen was telling me about it when she oh, used to watch it oh. when she was a little girl. Oh, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? what? Listeners, hashtag canceled because it went on the air in nineteen sixty-five. They were active in fifty-eight. Though. I don't give a shit when they were active. Dave, I'm giving you. Credit. I don't give a fuck when they were active. I only care when they were on that TV being sponsored by VO5 hairdressing products and American Tobacco's Terryton cigarettes. I don't care if you guys get divorced over this. I'm just glad I got the credit. Thank you. <laughs> Half credit. So Chris and Jamal walk back in to the to the studio. You know, they were lurking out there. And the pros are back. This is Chris and Jamal, Masters of the Mic, kicking mad flavor to your musical mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out this new jam by Papa Ziggy called Spell Check Can't Help If Your Name Is La Chiquita. Oh, and they start playing a new song by Papa Ziggy. And then Dawn walks in, and she's like, wow, it's so great that you guys are back. L-Train and Al could never fill your shoes. How did this – it just happened in, like, a matter of seconds. It is <laughs> seconds, yeah, yeah. possible. Like, if I saw this as a kid, I would be very disappointed in how, like, the business world works. Like, oh, here's my job, and I fixed this thing. <laughs> and it's I've got, I've immediate gratification. Yeah, it, like it wraps up so quickly and it comes out that Chris and Jamal basically engineered the downfall of the other show because they were jealous, right? Right. So they stole the sandwich and they they left the fake note. Do they feel guilty about this? Hey, do you think it was wrong to play Alan L train like that? Nah. <laughs> These are your two protagonists of the show. As far as I can tell, they never face any kind of comeuppance for this. I don't think that they face consequence. So they get challenged by two dudes who say, we could do it better. The two dudes apparently do do it better. Your heroes sabotage their show. Off screen. And then we we probably wipe our hands, and we never mention it again. And the relationship between L-Train and Al is fixed in the very next scene. It's almost <laughs> like literally like seconds later. the writers were super lazy and needed some kind of subplot to drive the Jesse Spano episode. I was sitting in the writer's room with Dickie and we were smoking an American tobacco. And I said, what if some other brothers came on? They were the mother's brothers and they thought they could do a a better show. The Carruthers brothers. And then you sabotaged them with yo-yos. You you cut the strings in their yo-yos and then you were good. Yep. Just like that. But he saved that idea for 75 years. And he came back and he was able to insert it into City Guys. It feels good. It's a 1920s joke. (laughs) So we show up to the play and the whole, the gang is in there, Miss Noble's there. There are no parents to be seen. L-Train and Al are sitting right next to each other. And we get a, a formal welcome. Welcome to the premiere performance of Venus and Scorpio. The part of Maria, normally played by Cassidy Giuliani, will be performed by her understudy, Kathy Jean White. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to go on. I'm here. I want to know more about Kathy Jean White. I want to know the role that is normally played by Cassidy. (laughs) It's opening night, so she has not played the role. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at all but it's an off off broadway that's show. that's true that's so true they're just using the, the line 
does this happen in theater like hello people we're sorry <laughs> the here. main actor is not here so you're gonna get yeah. the so they they, they actually do do that yeah yeah, that's yeah. Real. yeah a lot of times in playbills they'll put a little slip of paper in there sure sure i've uh, seen that they'll, they'll usually announce it too yeah. or they'll have before the overture starts for a show that has music mm-hmm. accompaniment they'll have someone come on and just say you know welcome ladies and gentlemen we're, you know just fyi tonight what I didn't like use almost that exact line. Shailen, I have a question. That's the only authentic part of this entire TV show. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I know you're going to have an answer. Tell me. What is your favorite overture? Uh, of all? Yes. I can't say f- of all, but in terms of shows, I would say Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> okay. I have one. Sure. 1812. Damn it. I knew you that, were gonna... that, That's where I was going to go as well. <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite overture? Hit us up. Hashtag Red Roverture. So the play starts. Cassidy takes her place. If we weren't sure what the play was before, it's still tough to tell, but let's listen to a little of it. Oh, I didn't want to wake you. This play is weird. You're late. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shot your line. <laughs> <laughs> so the play, the play is Cassidy screaming. So fucking pissed. It like the the kids in the crowd are just talking loudly, and I was like, "How would you know that this play is off? It's so weird. It it could be avant garde. I don't know." I I'm sorry. I would pay for a ticket, the ten dollars no less, to see this iteration of this play. Without hesitation. Mm-hmm. I was enthralled. I liked the audience participation. Sure. I really, really loved the actor who just announced to the entire audience that it was getting completely fucked up, which you're definitely not supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, n- not a pro. Um, he's, he's no Jamal. Mm-mm. And I, it is a dream to think of going to see any kind of live show right. and watch someone quit in the middle of their own performance. <laughs> I would... Well, Love it. L- let's not get ahead of ourselves here because the play is slowly falling apart, right? It's like if you ever watch a baking show and you're seeing that cake start to tilt and you're like, oh shit, that thing's going to fall. But oh, it I takes a little bit of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm, five tiers. It should have been seven. should put a crumb layer on that first. <laughs> In the middle of pills. this, L Train really pulls his weight. I did like a full 180 on the character of L Train for a couple of reasons. Number one, don't you want me to give you a kiss? What's wrong with you? Oh, shoot, it's on now. Maria, I taped your conversation with Steve. Get away from me! Run, girl, get out of the house! <laughs> now, that's fantastic. He continues. Now, that's entertainment. <laughs> All right, L-Train. L-Train. I'm a big fan of L-Train. So, Zach Morris, Ed Begley tries to grab Cassidy about like the taped conversation or whatever. And she shoves him and he goes flying across the the set (laughs) and the set falls apart and he storms out, but not before he, he leaves us with some parting words. You know what? You're crazy, Cassidy. She's crazy. (laughs) Tells her she's crazy. Tells the whole crowd she's crazy and just like walks out the back door. And then he yells, and I live in a van <laughs> down by the river. C-grade Carrie Elwes was pissed in this scene. Amazing. So Cassidy, you know, she's she's out of her gourd. She's tore up from the floor up. 
And she looks out at the crowd. She's like, what are you all doing here? And then she faints very slowly. <laughs> like she doesn't fall down. She kind of like slinks down. It's impressive body control. So the actress couldn't commit to falling. Yeah. <laughs> she was afraid that she would fall down if she fell. And, and like, <laughs> so you get a little more of that low murmur and a little of sad music. And the crowd's just there in, in stunned silence. And then you get L train again. Now that's entertainment. And we come back and I don't know who this doctor was holy shit best part of the show i don't know where he came from i get maybe he was just in the audience and they got lucky i was struggling to put this together i came up with like if you know how kfc is doing all of the comedians acting as colonel sanders yeah it's like if this guy went to the audition and they said dress up in like a sweater vest and like kind of look like the colonel, but don't really act like him. Just be like a little teeny facsimile. That's kind of what this guy was. It's not the best analogy, but I can't think of how else to describe this this strange, strange man. I got the impression, and I've invented a narrative, of course, because this is what I do, right? They called an agency, like a temp right. agency, and they were like, we need someone to pretend to be a doctor. And they were like, oh, well, we have all these visiting nurses that you can get and like EMTs. Like, no, no, no. We just need a dude who looks kind of like a doctor. Oh, do you need an actor? No, no. We just need a guy who can say a couple words and wear a suit that kind of looks a little bit like a doctor. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You look like a doctor. No, I, I, I'm, I, I'm an accountant. Please, what are you doing? Don't, no, no. I don't want to wear that sweater vest. No. Well, can I posit another theory? Yes. This guy's not a doctor. Listen okay. to what he says, and then let's think about what happens. But that combination of drugs caused her body to send conflicting signals to her brain and put her entire body chemistry off balance. Is it possible that he's like a biology teacher? Maybe. Because he says this insanely convoluted thing about body chemistry. And then, mind you, she's fucked up on drugs enough that she fainted. They never suggest that she goes to the hospital. He never does anything he just leaves they should have just brought her to the hospital why this is the late 90s like why do they have a doctor doing house or theater calls yeah yeah like, it's it's baffling to me it's, it's it's like the doctor from downton abbey coming coming down the road like oh miss uh, 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 she's she's having a baby i have to go take care of her it's so strange Alternatively, L train just ran out into the street and went, Is there a doctor in the street? And then dragged them back inside. Now that's entertainment. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm coming around on the idea that this guy's not a doctor. So he says, You gotta you gotta quit this play and get some rest. And then Miss Noble gives her speech here, which is where I was like, wait a minute, where where's her mom? Young lady, I'm afraid you're going to have to quit this play and get some rest. I will. I'll make sure you will. We're going to get you back on track, Miss Giuliani. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Just weird stuff. Now, we come to the end. And the end, like everything else here, it, it wraps things up very nicely. This clip is long. I want to play the whole thing because, if nothing else, the, the show's trying to teach you a lesson about getting hooked on drugs or challenging your friend's manhood. Cassidy, natural or not, you don't manage your life by popping pills. Yeah, drugs are drugs no matter what. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was all my fault. I knew what you were doing. I should have said something to Miss Noble a long time ago. Oh, no, Chris. This was nobody's fault but mine. I should have just cut back on my workload instead of loading up on the drugs. 
you learned your lesson the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I got one question. Who do we talk to about getting a refund around here? <laughs> Hell yeah, L Train. I would ask that same question. That, she ruined that play. That play sucked. <laughs> she improved that play dramatically. You saw the dress rehearsal. See, you're right. I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I just I, I want to see that play about recording vampires' conversations. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. During an interview. But not an interview with the vampire. No. no. Well, the, the vampire doesn't know. But Which the, is a reference they make in the episode. I, I admit that wasn't totally original. I'm not over this monologue or this discussion at the end. So I, the sentiment of you can't manage your life by like popping pills over the counter or whatever. Like I think that's mm -hmm. a to very pure and accurate thing. They're like, you know, drugs are bad. But I had this moment of, as even as I watched it where I was like, what if someone needs antidepressants? Like she literally says, you can't manage your life by doing this. And I was just like, no, but wait. <laughs> <laughs> Right. She keeps going. I'll, ju I'll just play it. Jamal, I'll just play it again. <laughs> Jamal says, "Drugs are drugs, no matter what." That's true. And I was like, "I wonder why people are so paranoid about taking medically necessary medicine to keep themselves alive." And I got really frustrated for a few minutes. Are people mm -hmm. paranoid? Like we have, like we are an over-medicated society, if not if nothing else. I, well, I mean. Uh, some over, but a lot of people will not take drugs for necessary medical use because there's stigma surrounding like, oh, you got to take your crazy pills. Yeah, and yeah, like, you fair. know what my takeaway was? I said, Miss Noble's right. And I went to our medicine cabinet and just dumped everything out. Miss mm -hmm. Noble, again, just to circle back on her shitty advice. Like, right. <laughs> like, drugs aren't the answer. Don't do drugs. You know, you have to find some other way to manage your time. Just give me the right answer, Miss Noble. Stop <laughs> just saying things, you idiot. Miss Noble says, I'm going to get you on the right track and never says, and I'm going to call your parents. But, well, do you know what, was, what else was weird? She said, I'm going to get you on the right track. And then she put a conductor's hat on Cassidy's head. <laughs> and I, like, it took me a minute. And I was like, wait, oh, I understand. No, she pointed, I understand. she like rolled her sleeve up and she pointed to the marks. Uh, on her <laughs> oh, arm. God. Yeah. And then, and then there, the sequel is uh, even harder drugs. But then during the credits, it shows Miss Noble and Cassidy, and Miss Noble tosses Cassidy like a javelin pole and a pair of running sneakers, and she winks at her. And Cassidy goes, "Ah, the right track. I, I see, because we're in high school." So that city guys, would you show this <laughs> to a child? <laughs> Jesus, I would not. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah, me neither. It just uh, kids shouldn't have to deal with this. And let's go with um, let's go with one to five snoozies. How many snoozies? One half snoozy. It sure was a thing we could talk about. <laughs> Here ends the list. Dave, oh, God, I'm torn. Like, do I want to give it a one? Do I want to give it a two? Do I want to explain myself? The answer is no. I'm just going to go with a two. I'm going to go... No explanation. With one and a half snoozies. This was bad and really frustrating. As I get older, maybe I'm becoming like less severe in my opinions. I'm like, well, 
it was charming that they spoke in, in bad raps. <laughs> but like the show sucked. Like it, it just there's no continuity to it. Nothing makes sense. It feels inauthentic. It feels like what it was, you know, somebody writing for a group of characters they couldn't possibly have understood right, right, um, or right. been able to relate to. And I just I don't know. I, I think that's shitty. I mean, take all your Chalen's drug rantings aside about the messages and uh, Chalen is brandishing a rolling pin at me, so I, I'll wrap it up. But I, I don't know. The, the tone of this, it just irked me. So one and a half. So this week's game is up to me. And I tried, I really did, to, to think of like a City Guys themed game. But the show's like cotton candy without sugar. There's just nothing to it. You know, it's <laughs> not in there. So we're going to play a variation of something we've we've done in the past. But you guys know... I enjoy themed things. I enjoy schlock. I enjoy bizarre merchandise. So just to tie it a little into this week's show, we're going to we're going to play a game called Shitty Merchant Guys. And the game is simple. That's really bad. <laughs> shitty Merchant Guys? No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's better than Shitty Merkin Guys. Mm. Oh, Shitty Merkin Guys. The, you know, don't don't disparage them. That's a horse of a different color. Is it a Merkin that's shitty, like poor quality, or is it like a murky Merkin with shit on it, Shailen? Like what? I'm leaving the the commas up to you. Okay, all right. It's got poop on it. Anyway, shitty merchant guys. That's right. It's a good title. I looked through some websites for bizarre movie and TV themed merchandise, and I came up with a few. Uh, I brought in our friend Kendall for a little consultation. We came up with a few fake ones, so. We're going to go back and forth. I'm going to give you guys a merchandise item. You have to tell me, does it really exist? Or is it something we goofed on and we made up? That's the premise of shitty merchant guys. Do you guys, do you understand shitty merchant guys? Real it. or not real. Right. This, it's a this, this or that. This or that. It's a this or that. But a fun one. Agreed. So who wants to go first? Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> that was that, no i wasn't throwing shade i was just saying that this is a fun variation because it it's something that i came up with and i'm very proud of now who wants to go first i'll go first because shailen is speechless that's right yeah. uh okay given that that's Asshole. the case i i just said i wasn't throwing shade god damn it all right is this why you keep calling me the funny one ben <laughs> yeah that, that that's a natural sounding conversation as well all right here we go Independence Day victory cigars. Uh, those have to be real. Those oh. are fake. Oh, I want them to be real <laughs> so bad. I, I know, I, me I, too. I did too. <laughs> I did too. Sex in the City thongs, one for each of the ladies. Real. Real. A mannequin based off the movie Mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> that is not real. That's true. That's fake. <laughs> I think Kendall helped you with that one. <laughs> yeah, Kendall, Kendall came up with that one. Kendall was a big help. Uh, I want to shout him out for his help. He gave me some that I, I couldn't use for the show, but he gave me some that I could, and I appreciate that. Burn after reading dildos. That was not one. We, we can go over the full list off the air or Venmo me $5, listeners, and I'll, I'll give you the whole list. All right, Shailen. Aliens Micro Machines. Real. Those are real. Oh, man. They came out at the the big Micro Machines bump um, and around the times Aliens was released. So an action film kind of makes sense. 
Dave, a Star Trek V marshmallow dispenser that kind of looks like a phaser. Please be real. It is real. Yes. Yes. Shailen, a Watchmen-themed condom with the tagline, wear society's only protection. Real. That is real. Is it blue? No, it's it, the it's got like the happy face on it with the bullet hole. Oh, that's that's bullshit. It should have been blue so you could look like Dr. Manhattan. Didn't protect us from that fucking movie. Nothing could. Take that, Zack Snyder. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut, though. Can we agree on that? Dave, this one's for you. An album by McGruff the Crime Dog where he sings about kids doing drugs and how that is bad. That's real. That is real, and it's something I've been obsessed with over the past 48 hours. Um, <laughs> Shayla doesn't care for it, but listeners, don't worry. We'll get a track of McGruff singing about crack cocaine at the end of the episode here. Is it, he is just it meanders into rooms with it on his phone at full blast with no, <laughs> hey, what's up? Or, sorry, I've been gone for oh, an hour. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Sorry, I've been gone for an hour. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't just meet. He doesn't meet for an hour, Ben. What are you? Just, what are you doing? Weight pills? I don't even know what the implication there is. So the songs are all boppers, as listeners will find out. That's true. They're not rap. I would equate them more. They almost have like a yacht rock feel. Some of them. There's Ooh, they're so okay. super synth heavy. Uh, there are I think three or four McGruff albums. I've only been listening to the one, but there's one about Stranger Danger. Uh, it's good stuff. There's nothing better than the one that's. Crack cocaine, eventually it's going to burn your brain. Mm-hmm. And that's burned inside of my brain now. Heard it like seven times yesterday. Sunk to the tune of Footloose. There's no Footloose. There's some like Madonna-esque theme songs, but anyway, we'll get there. All right, Shailen. Silence of the Lambs Cookbook. Real. That is fake. Damn it. We're tied 3-3 here. Dave, Teen Wolf-themed short shorts. <laughs> not real that is correct those are not real shailen but i want some a james bond candle that smells of things that are james bond oh jesus i hope that's not real that is very real Ugh. oh yeah very musky i'm sure it smells like sean connery's chest hair <laughs> dave back to you a pulp fiction briefcase light uh, real. That is fake. Oh, man. Shailen, mm-hmm. the headpiece of the Staff of Ra from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Real. That is also fake. Fake by commercial release. I bet someone's made it. Dave, a doll of famed smutty comedian Red Fox, a plush doll. <laughs> uh, real. Yeah. Yeah, that's huh. real. It was released in the early 70s. I don't... Why? I don't know. I don't know. Is it like a Cabbage Patch kind of doll? It kind of looks like a Cabbage Patch. Okay. Yeah. It actually, it kind of looks like... So it's smaller than this, but it's it looks like one of the WWF wrestling buddies. And you like bop it in the nose and it goes, you're breaking my nose, brother. <laughs> I think it says something a little more, a little more risque than that. <laughs> Shailen? Yes. A Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken kiddie pool. Not real. <laughs> That's correct. That is not real. Inflatable horse. <laughs> Dave, a coloring book based off of the movie Dune. Uh, real. That is real. Shailen? Yes. Blade Runner, Tears in Rain, Cologne. 
Not real. That is correct. It's not real. Dave? Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction Leather Suit. <laughs> not real. <laughs> it's also not real. I was. It took me a bit. I was like, like a leather suit, like you, it, you know, it's a leather jacket and pants, like John Travolta. Oh, gimp. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, yes. I, 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 I get it. <laughs> okay. Shailen, letters to ET, a book that was part letters written by children to ET and part children writing letters to Steven Spielberg about how good a movie ET is. Real. Yeah. I've read about this before, and I thought it was fucked up then. Completely fucked up. Like a, the weirdest vanity thing I've ever heard of. All right, Dave, here's your last chance to get some, some points. I'm not looking at the scores until we're all done. I don't want to take away the suspense. A Revenge of the Nerds Darth Vader mask and whipped cream pie date <laughs> kit. Is that fake or is that real? <laughs> that is... um. Not real uh, and uh, still very problematic. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> Not good. All right, Shailen, here's your last chance. A ceiling fan based on the real Ghostbusters that involved Slimer on it, and it said, been slimed. Not real. That is a real product. That is, I, I should have guessed by the odd specificity of it, but at the same time, it just seemed real odd. With a score of eight to six, Dave takes it. So you 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 did it. S I I T T Y merchant guys, they're not wise when they made their choices to merchandise these license eyes. You're Noel train. Shitty guys. Private eyes. <laughs> Onto the mailbag. Teen based movies are better than teen based TV shows. This is known and not quote unquote fake news. What's your beloved? Tony Morrison. Thanks, Tony. Hmm. I'm pretending I'm hemming and hawing. The answer is Can't Hardly Wait with Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's fair. A fine choice. Yes. Saw that in the theater with my buddy, who was a man, and we <laughs> just went and saw it, and we were like, yeah, let's check out Jennifer Love Hewitt. And we walked <laughs> out saying, that was a date movie. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Hell yeah. For me, the answer is not the quality of the movie, but it's American Pie 2. It came out the summer that I turned 17, and I worked right across the street from a movie theater, so it was one of the first R-rated movies I saw legally, and so I always had kind of a fond memory of it. But let me tell you, I never looked at flutes the same way again. Just wanted a nice flute. (laughs) I also saw that summer The Musketeer, which is an atrocious movie, and also, also Legally Blonde. I've never seen that one. Yeah. I think that that's the one, like the wire fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like it, the wire fighting looks cool, but hmm. was no man in the iron mask, let me tell you. Hands down, no hesitation, 10 things I hate about you. Mm, that's okay. a good one. That's a really okay. good fantastic. one. It's fantastic. You can rewatch it a thousand times. Where do you guys stand on like the John Hughes movies? I have a special nostalgia point for them. Mm-hmm. I like a lot about the memories I associate with them thinking about them as an adult and even when i was a teenager i was like oh shit this is fucking horrifying there's a lot of problematic content hashtag woke points no not even that just general (laughs) humanity points i never saw 16 candles or pretty in pink until like a couple years ago um Mm -hmm. so it wasn't i don't think i would have really gotten them anyway as a as a kid 
but I, I loved Home Alone. I thought that was a great John John Hughes movie. <laughs> it's interesting you say you wouldn't have got it. I saw Sixteen Candles like constantly as a child, so I, I have a really you know I hold a place in my heart for that. Also, Weird Science. Oh yeah, um, yeah. loved that movie and i loved the tv show yeah i mean i think weird science really when you when i think about it for like a second it fits right in my wheelhouse like hackneyed sci-fi kind of uh like completely just disgusting jokes yep sexy ladies uh good (laughs) stuff my favorite (laughs) is probably the one where um the two like older looking teens have to like they take the plane they they take the train and then you know they they rent the car and it's Mm -hmm. um steve martin playing like an 18 year old and john candy playing like a you know a 16 year old like a like a polka dude yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was pretty good planes teens and automobiles saddest movies i've ever seen womp i like my wife yeah good chris rock movie <laughs> my wife likes me i like me i like me well thanks tony morrison uh if you want to get in on the fun email at watchbotspod.com so, beloved listener <laughs> <laughs> so we have one more week on this this particular journey and and who knows where it will take us no, I'm sorry, Ben. There's five weeks in May. We have we have to do five. No, that's not true. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just making you nervous. That's not true. <laughs> uh, ben, ben just started checking a calendar. Just take the gun out of your mouth, calendar. Ben. That's awful. <laughs> I think we're going to make it. I mean, a little more ragged than we were before. It tore up from the floor up, but it's okay. From the floor up. It's okay. Any any remaining city guys thoughts? Any like social topics you want to get into, Shailen? No, I'm telling you, I'm not equipped to have the conversation. I'm just acknowledging there is a conversation to be had. A joke. <laughs> the blood of the worker fuels the machine. <laughs> I wish I could get angry like Shailen over anything that isn't Miss Noble related. Did Miss Noble have permission slips from all these kids' parents to act on? No. Like- She's a fucking awful teacher, and she gives terrible advice. She doesn't give advice. She just repeats back the thing the, the kids already know about themselves and makes it sound like it's advice. So when you get advice from work, people are like, you just got to execute better. Like, how? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> you got to be more timely with your results. How do I make it happen faster? <sighs> By being more timely. Sigh. Oh. The show's over. <laughs> Just kidding. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Jiffy at Watchbots Plod. At Watchbots Pod. Plod. Uh, Watch Watchbots Plod is the pace at which we we take. <laughs> Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, your platform of choice. For two-time champ Dave and happy skeptic Shalen, this is your three-time, three-time Warzone champion Ben. We're blasting out of here with a win and we're going to leave you with the sweet sounds of McGruff. Do you guys want to have marijuana make your body last cocaine and crack inhalants or alcohol? Uh, make your body last, make your body last Shailen. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll agree with Dave folks and the current time we're in, you got to make your body last. When some kids, other kids are taking drugs and want you to play. If you
sir. No way. Cause it's your body. You've got to make it last. It's your body. Treat it right. There's only one you, and anything you ever do will be done in your body. Since bodies are made to last a good long time, don't hurt yours by putting drugs in it. Just say no. When some kids, other kids, are taking drugs and want you to play. Today, if you care, really care, about what goes inside you, you'll say. Treat it right.